Good morning and welcome. Thank you for tuning in live. Vertical Church is making a concentrated effort to ensure you are more plugged in than ever before. The interactions on our Facebook community page have increased by more than 1.4,000% in the last month. We are committed to fostering a virtual community in this time of social distancing, and we are thrilled that you are buying into the mission and are taking advantage of all that is being offered. If you're not already a part of our community page, we want to invite you to click on the link right now in the comment section and come and join us beyond our Sunday morning experience. We look forward to getting to know you and interacting with you in that way. Please know that your continued giving is essential to the ministry of Vertical Church. Organizations we support, such as the Boys Ranch in Montana, Restored Hope in Cedar Hill, Eli and Beth Wilson at Youth with the Mission, and First Look in Waxahachie are open and are dependent upon our giving. Therefore, it is important that we continue to give out of a generous and obedient heart. There are three ways that you can give to the ministry of Vertical Church. You can mail a check to 3333 Ovilla Road. You can use our text to give method. Or you can head over to our website under the giving tab and give via PayPal. Please continue to stay tuned in to all of our social media platforms. Be looking for information regarding our upcoming Easter weekend experience. We look forward to celebrating Resurrection Sunday with you and your family next week. Hey, everybody. It's good to see you this morning. I wish we could all be together here in this room, and I can't wait for the day that that happens. But man, it's great to be able to connect with everybody online and be a part of a worship experience all together. There's something about even doing it online and seeing the comments and see who's in the room. It just... Uh, helps make the worship experience richer. And I know folks are joining us here locally and people are joining us across our state and even our folks in Montana. Big shout out to them this morning. They've got snow all over the ground and up in the trees and everywhere there. So shout out to them. Uh, We're at a funny place uh, for weather here in Texas. Uh, This week, there was one day it was uh, 85 or more and sunny. And then uh, a couple of days ago, it was 40 and rainy. So we're at this weird transition period. It should be spring, but we're kind of caught in this thing between uh, winter and spring. And sometimes that's a difficult transition for Texas. And uh, we know, we know this is how Texas weather works. We've all heard the phrase, if you don't like the weather one moment, just wait a moment, it'll change. And that's what happens here in Texas. We know that there's a season where it's going to be 30 below here, but for us, that just means 32. It feels like 30 below to us. We know there's another season where it's 110 every day, even if it feels like if it's just 90, it feels like 110. We know how seasons work here in Texas, and we've kind of gotten used to it. The thing we also know is that God works in seasons. God moves us through seasons of our life. So a little shout out here to a group that Heather and I used to listen to years ago called Steve and Annie Chapman. They have a song about seasons of a man's life. And uh, I'm not going to talk about it for too long because I'll start crying if I do. Uh, But it talks about uh, the childhood phase, which is uh, spring. It talks about the young man phase of life, which is the summer. It talks about an older dad's phase of life, which is the fall, and then the grandfather phase of winter. God has designed seasons for all of us. We walk through them in life. We walk through them every calendar year. And he works in seasons in history as well. And if you know the seasons, then you don't panic in the season. You don't get upset when it's 110 in the summer because you know fall's coming. 
You don't get too upset when the winter is here and we're wishing we had snow, but we don't ever get it because you know that spring is coming. When you understand the seasons, then you don't have to get into a panic when you're in the midst of one of the seasons. And God works through seasons and we don't have to panic when we are at a phase in life because we know God will move us to a new season. Now, it appears he's transitioning a season for us, not just as a nation, but globally. Man, things have changed so much in the last couple of months. And it looks like we might be headed for some more change. We don't exactly even know what waits on the other side of this, what life will look like, how we will interact, if it will change, how we uh, respond and react and meet and greet one another. Who knows? Those things are yet to be seen. But we, as believers, walk through this time with a measure of confidence and hope because we trust in the one who controls the seasons and not in the season itself. We trust in the one who holds us in the midst of it. Today, we're going to be looking at a a message from Matthew chapter 21. So go ahead and turn your Bibles if you have those there using a Bible app. Follow us along or follow along with us there. Matthew 21. We're looking at the time that we know of as Palm Sunday, the time where Jesus rides into Jerusalem and he is worshiped and he is praised. And it's about to be a time of season change for him. He has been through a season of ministry And that season is about to change. Though the crowds are about to shout hosannas to him, it won't be long until a different crowd is going to be shouting crucify him. The seasons are about to change for Jesus. But because he knows who he is, because he knows who holds his future and the seasons, he remains steadfast. Not only is he about to go through a season change, he is about to inaugurate an entirely different season that we will know of as the new covenant. What you and I are a part of now in knowing Jesus as Lord, as knowing the cross as what's behind us, of knowing the resurrection as what has happened for us, we are now in a new season. We are in the new covenant. We are God's children by faith, Because of his grace alone, this is the relationship that we share with him. We are not united to him by keeping the law or keeping the sacrifices. We are in a new covenant, a new season that has been inaugurated by Jesus. And so in Matthew 21, we see the beginning of this season change, this moment of transition that's happening. And the thing about season changes, the thing about new seasons is that when God is about to move a a group into a new season, when he's about to change the seasons, he always chooses vessels to lead the way in. He chooses those who will walk into this new season with him and be the message of hope in the next season. So today we're going to see how he does that. He chooses in every season some essential personnel. Now, that's a term we've all become very familiar with lately, essential personnel, those who are essential to the functioning of life, those who have an essential function within the culture. They get to go where others don't get to go. They get to go when others don't get to go. They have a task to perform and they are deemed valuable. God 
chooses essential personnel to walk into new seasons. And I don't know about you, but I want to be on that list. I want to be on the group that is deemed essential personnel. I want to go into the new season being there with him. I want to be on the leading edge of that. I don't want to lag behind. I don't want to stand back and wonder. I don't want to be fearful. I want to be right up front. I want to go in with him. I want to see the change. I want to notice what's happening. I want to be close to him in the season. So today's message is called Something Big is Coming. When God moves into a new season, then you can know something big is coming. And the way we know how he chooses essential personnel is in Matthew 21. So read with me in verse one. It says this, Now when they drew near Jerusalem and came to Bethpage at the Mount of Olives, then Jesus sent two disciples, saying to them, Go into the village opposite you, and immediately you will find a donkey tied and a colt with her. Loose them and bring them to me. Here we see Jesus choosing some essential personnel. Now you might think I'm referring to the two disciples who went to get this colt, but I'm not. I'm referring to the donkey himself. I'm referring to this donkey that is chosen because God chooses unlikely essential personnel when he's about to move into a new season. He chooses one to go with him to lead the way to be part of what he's doing. And here we learn the very most important aspect of what it means to be chosen and to go with him into the new season. How do you walk into something big? How do you walk into the next season with what God is doing? Here's the first point. You must walk away from where you've been. It's interesting here that he tells these two disciples to go into a very specific town, to go into a very specific area, and there they would find a donkey tied and a colt with her. He knew exactly where this donkey would be, planned for this time, and he chooses her to be the essential personnel. And he says to them, loose them and bring them to me. Jesus chooses an unsuspecting vessel. This donkey didn't know when morning came that day that there'd be one who'd come and choose and say, come with me. And that's the way it is for you and I. Jesus knows where we are. He knows what village we live in. He knows what we're doing. And he, by grace, chooses us. He looks down, sees us in our situation, and he actually sees us just like this donkey, tied up, bound. She had been tied off there, unable to go anywhere, And Jesus knew she would need to be loosed before she could be used for his glory. And that's what he does with us as well. He selects us and he says, now I'm going to use you, but before I can really use you to your fullest capacity, I'm going to need to loose you. I'm going to need to set you free of some things. 
I'm going to need to set you free from some things you've held on to before. I'm going to need to let you go from some things that you have held tightly to, some things about your past, some things about what you value, some fears you've had, some anxieties you've had, some pressures you've had, some voices you've listened to in the past about who you are, about your guilt, about your shame, about your past sin. I'm going to come in and I'm going to rescue you. I'm going to use you, but I have to loose you first. And you're going to have to be willing to walk away from where you've been. This is how Jesus chooses vessels to go into new seasons. He calls them, he sets them free, and he calls them to come to him. You know, you can't go someplace new until you're loosed from where you are. Every one of us have issues in our life that we have to be loosed from if we want to move into something new that God is doing. You have to leave the town you're in, donkey. You have to leave where you've been. You have to leave this place where you've been tied up. You're going to have to leave what's been familiar to you. You're going to have to leave what's been comfortable to you. If God is calling you, he's calling to loose you, to set you free, to take you to new places. And I love the fact that he doesn't just say loose them. He says, loose them and bring them to me. When Jesus calls us, and he wants us to move into a new season. He knows where we are. He chooses us. He looses us. And then he says, now, come to me. Come to me. Come to me for what I have for you. Walk away from where you've been. Walk away from that other group of people you've associated with. Walk away from those old habits you've been a part of. Walk away from that old life. Walk away from those old voices and come to me. You know, during this time right now, it has um, it's produced a lot of uncertainty, a lot of um, fear in our land. And people are looking for a place to find some hope and some stability and Jesus says, the place you find that is in me. So he sends two to us today in the same way he sent two to get this donkey. He sent two disciples and he sends two to us. He sends his word that speaks to us and he sends his spirit that moves us. So today, in the midst of all that's happening, when you sense God drawing you, when you sense the need for greater closeness with him, stability with him, peace with him, know that that's his spirit drawing you, calling you to himself. He'll use his word to speak to you. And when he does, be loosed from where you are and go with him, trust him, believe him, walk with him, be willing to do some things that you haven't done before, be willing to walk into some new places that you haven't been before. Many are gonna come out of this time and this will have altered their lives. It will have 
rearranged some priorities. It will have stirred some new longings and desires, and it will be Jesus in you calling you. And be willing. Don't resist. Be willing to leave where you've been. But I love what happens next in the passage in verse 3. It says, and if anyone says anything to you, he's talking to the, to the disciples, you shall say, the Lord has need of them. If anybody stops you, stops you along the way, everyone stops you when you're loosening the, the cords there that hold them, then you say, the Lord needs them. This is your pass. This is your certificate to show to somebody who asks, what are you doing? The Lord needs them. Okay, good. You're free to go. This becomes their direction. It goes on. It says, and immediately he will send them. Verse four, all this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the prophet saying, tell the daughter of Zion, behold, your king is coming to you, lowly and sitting on a donkey, a colt, the foal of a donkey. Wow, there's so much here in these few verses. I love what it has to say, though. He tells the disciples, and the donkey's listening, and the, and the colt as well. If anyone says something to you, your line, your answer is, the Lord has need of them. This makes you essential personnel. This makes you able to pass the checkpoint. This enables you to go on and do what he's called you to do. This enables you to get all the way to where Jesus is. The Lord has need of you. This is important for you and I to know because God's gonna call you to some things. You're gonna be willing to walk away and as you do, you're gonna hear a voice inside that says, what do you think you're doing? You've never done this before. You don't have any skill at this. How could God use you? And when that starts happening, when the fears come in and the doubts are being shot at you and all of a sudden you start hearing all of these lies and all of these accusations and all of the voices that try to keep you from doing what God's called you to do, you respond and say, the Lord has need of me. And that will silence the voices. And you keep telling yourself that truth. And if anybody else asks, what are you doing? How are you doing this? What are you going to do in this time? Here's your answer. The Lord has need of me. He has a purpose for me. There's a need for me. I have to do this. I must walk in obedience to him. The Lord has need of me. And he told the disciples, you stand in that confidence. And it says to us today, you stand in that confidence. Don't think that God has left you in this time. He needs you. He has a purpose for you. He's going to do something great in your life. He's called and made you essential personnel if you've put your faith in him. You've been made ambassadors for him. You've been made salt of the earth. You've been made light 
of the world. You've been made his child. You've been made a very brother of Jesus, the son of God. You have been seated with him in heavenly places. You have been called to a higher purpose. The Lord has need of you. Don't forget that. Tell yourself that. Speak that truth into your life. Speak that truth to every doubt and insinuation and lie that comes into your heart. Speak that truth to those around you. The Lord has need of me and stand in that confidence. It's interesting here, the, uh, the donkey had no clue about the purpose that he had that day. But it's so significant that what Matthew records for us is a prophecy from the Old Testament, something written a long, long time before, something written before this donkey would ever even have great-grandparents. This donkey had been prophesied about long ago and told that this donkey would be a part of the essential personnel that would usher Jesus into the new season. The prophecy said, behold, your king is coming to you. A new season is about to begin and he's gonna ride on a donkey and he'll be lowly, sitting on this donkey, a colt, the foal of a donkey. It was prophesied, it was planned, and the donkey was clueless. You might be clueless as to how God could use you or would use you, but it doesn't take you figuring it all out to be used by him. The donkey didn't know, he just got the urge to go, and that happens for you and me. When God calls you, you get up and move. You do the thing he's called you to do. If he's called you to contact a relative and ask forgiveness for something, do that. If he's called you to share hope with someone, do that. If he's called you to give something to someone, do that. You might not understand all the ramifications of what is going on. You just act in the way that God has called you. This donkey was gonna have a very important role. Because you see, historically, when a new king came to rule, he either came into the city in one of two ways. He won if he came in to take over with military might. If he came in by force and that was his message, he chose a large, strong horse. Because what you ride in on sends a message. And if you are elevated above the people and you come in something with great force and power, then you are sending a message to the people, I am above you. I have come to dominate. I have come to take over. But the other way a king could ride into town would be the way that Jesus rode into town that day. Historically, it was true. If a new king came to town, and he was riding on a donkey. The donkey was a symbol of peace. This king would come in and he would not be elevated. He would be lowly as the prophecy wrote. He would be on a level with the people. He would come in slow. He would come in at a pace that spoke peace and he would be riding a donkey. He would be riding a donkey that would send a message of peace. Jesus hadn't come at that point to take over politically. 
Jesus hadn't come at that point to exert his great military might or political power. Jesus had come for a different kingdom. Jesus had come to win hearts. Jesus had come to set hearts free. Jesus had come to build a kingdom and the donkey was clueless, but the donkey was important. The donkey was essential personnel. When you and I let Jesus reign in our lives and we let peace settle over us, we send a message to people around us. Hey, that person's different. They have peace where they didn't before. I knew them as someone who was always nervous and anxious and they were worried all the time or they were angry and they were bitter, but something's different about them now. There's something that's settled over them. There's something that seems to be reigning over them because they have such peace now. You see, who is reigning in your life sends a message to the others in your life. And Jesus came to bring a message of peace. And God will call the unexpected to lead the way into a new season. And the way you and I respond is to be willing to go where we haven't been before and then to let his peace reign in us. Let him settle us. Take in the fact that your sins have been paid for. You have been washed. You have been forgiven You have been called. You have been chosen. You've been declared righteous. You have a purpose for your life. Let that settle in you and let that change you. The passage goes on in verse 6 through 11. It says, So the disciples went, and they did as Jesus commanded them. They brought the donkey and the colt, laid their clothes on them, and let And set him on them. And a very great multitude spread their clothes on the road. Others cut down branches from the trees and spread them on the road. Then the multitudes who went before and who followed cried out saying, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. And when he had come into Jerusalem... All the city was moved, saying, Who is this? So the multitude said, This is Jesus, the prophet from Nazareth of Galilee. If you want to walk into the new season with Christ, if you want to be part of the group that leads into that, if you want to be essential personnel as you walk into a new season, then you also have to know that you must do some things you've never done before. You know, uh, this donkey, when you read the same story over in the Gospel of Mark, it says this was one on which no man had ever sat. Now, I don't know if you've been around donkeys or horses much. I don't have extensive history with either. But when I was dating Heather, she had an Arabian horse. And Arabian horses are kind of skittish by nature. This one had been uh, trained so we could ride her. We could walk her, but she was still skittish. You had to know how to approach her. You had to walk up carefully. You normally had to have a carrot with you because she liked carrots. But then 
she got pregnant and had a foal. Now, that was an amazing experience all in of itself. But what was fascinating after that was relating to this new foal. You think an older horse is skittish. You try to deal with a little foal. You walk up and if you stick your hand out too fast, they jump and they kick and they run around. It's like they've lost their mind. And we saw that happen so many times. So when I think about two disciples going in and they get a donkey and a colt and they bring them out and they're gonna be put into a situation on which the donkey has not had anyone ride on them before. And they're about to be put into a situation where there are, the streets are lined with people and they're throwing things down in front of them and they're waving palm branches. That is all a recipe for disaster for a horse or a colt or a donkey that's never been out before, that's never done that kind of thing before. That would just fill them with anxiety and cause them to just lose their mind and just run off. But you don't find that in this story. Instead, what you see is a donkey who is quieted, calm, and submissive under the reign of Jesus. Wow, that's a miraculous thing that's happening here. To take one that was, should have been filled with uh, being skittish and jumping and anxiety and running and not able to relax, not able to control themselves, and all of a sudden Jesus is calmly sitting and they're walking methodically right up into the city. This donkey is doing something it has never done before. If you want to walk into a new season in your life, and if we want to be the church that walks up into a new season of what God is doing in our nation and in our world, we've got to be willing to do some things that we've never done before. We've got to be willing to leave our comfort zones. We've got to be willing to do some things that are new to us, learn some new ways, learn some new approaches, and do what might be new for the sake of those who wait in the next season. This donkey would carry Jesus right up into Jerusalem. This donkey And because of the message that the donkey portrayed of one of peace, and here it portrays this calm and quiet walking up into this new season, the people were amazed. The people were in awe. The donkey was essential because it communicated a message about who Jesus was. And you and I have to be willing to do that as well. We're going to walk up into a new season in your family's life. Dads, a mom and some children are looking to you right now. They need to know how you're going to respond because their heart and their response will be measured from yours. You need to find a place of peace in this. Let Jesus reign in you. Moms and dads, your children are keying off of you. Their response emotionally and mentally as to what's happening in our world will key from you and your response. If they see you um, distraught, upset, 
they will be distraught and upset. They may manifest it in different ways, but if they see you calm, at peace, they will respond in like pattern. And the world is watching today. The world is looking as events are unfolding and changing. And they're looking to see, how is the church going to respond? What will the church do? What will be their heart? Because we're walking into a new season. It's time for us to be willing to go where we haven't before. Leave where we've been. Be willing to be considered, called, and stand in the fact that we are essential personnel. And then be willing to do some things we've never done before. Now, for the final part of this story, I want to switch over to the Gospel of Luke. This is one of those stories that's told in all four Gospels. There's not many like that. But Luke, as with each of the writers, uh, puts a different light on the story. He records something that the others do not. And so in Luke chapter 19, verse 41, we hear a little bit more of the story, a little bit more that's recorded that perhaps many people even missed. Let me read this for you in Luke 19, verse 41. It says, now, as he drew near, he saw the city and wept over it. As Jesus is being celebrated and palm branches are waving, people are worshiping, and Jesus sees Jerusalem. And he knows the hearts of the people there. He knows what awaits. It says in that moment, he began to to weep. He's crying over this moment. It's such a contrast of emotions, celebration from the people, and Jesus is weeping. It's not because of what he's about to face. It's because of what he knows their response is going to be. And Luke records something that I don't think many people saw or even heard. I'm sure the streets are crowded and the the volume is high and the palm branches are waving and you would have had to have really been focused on the eyes of Jesus to know that he was weeping. But Luke records more than that. He tells us more than Jesus' emotional state. He tells us something that Jesus says. And I don't get the sense that this is something that Jesus shouts out for everyone to hear. It's something he's saying to himself. It's, it's a recognition. It's a prayer. It's, what, it's what's moving him to tears. And here's what he says in verse 42 that, that he says, if you had known, even you, especially in this, your day, the things that make for your peace, but now they are hidden from your eyes. Jesus was saying, if you only knew what was happening right now, if you only knew what you were about to do, if you only knew what could lead to your peace. But he was broken because there was a whole city of people who didn't know the season was changing. 
verse 43. For days will come upon you when your enemies will build an embankment around you, surround you and close you in on every side and level you and your children within you to the ground and they will not leave you one stone upon another because you did not know the time of your visitation. Heartbreaking words. You can see why Jesus sees this moment, but he's heartbroken because you didn't know the season. You missed what was happening. You were so caught up in your personal lives and your own personal agendas and your old ways that you were unwilling to walk away from. You had your religious patterns and you didn't want to change them even though a Savior is right in your midst. The fulfillment of everything that was written that you claim to believe is right now in front of you and you are going to miss it. You'll miss the fact that behold the Lamb of God who takes away your sin. You'll miss all that's happening here because you don't understand the seasons. The thing that's important for us, if we want to walk into a new season with Christ, the last point is, is you must not miss the moment. Don't miss what God is doing right now. He's always at work. But there are times when his hand just becomes more evident. The seasons are always moving and changing. But when I start to see my trees budding in the backyard, I know the time is close. And Jesus is saying, I'm about to walk into a new season here. I need you to recognize the signs. And I need you to come with me in the process. And Jesus is heartbroken for those who wouldn't know. So how do we walk into a new season? How do we go into it as essential personnel? You do just what we talked about today. When Jesus calls for you, go. When when you hear him drawing you close in your own heart, it's time to walk away from some things and go straight to him. Be loosed from where you've been. Leave some things behind that have been unnecessary and distractions to you. This is the time to draw close. Be willing to leave where you've been. Be willing to go where he leads. And be willing to do something you've never done before. Don't miss the moment. God is at work in us today. He's at work in you. He's at work in our country And he's at work in our church. And he's at work in the church. This is what we were made for. We are the ones who know how to have him reign in our lives. We are the ones who know how to submit to his call. We are the ones who know how to be quieted under his voice. And those are the ones that he says, now, come with me. We're going into a new season. Let us be those people in this day. There's a world on the other side who need hope, who need peace, who need life, and we have the answer 
God is about to do something big and I want to be there when he does. Would you bow your heads and pray with me? Father, this morning we come to you recognizing that you're doing something big. You're you're causing the seasons to change and we want to walk into a new season with you. We don't want to be left behind. We don't want to miss the moment. You're bringing about new seasons in our lives personally. You're changing some things in our heart. You're cutting loose some things that we've trusted in and and found our hope in the past, and you're calling us to yourself. You're loosing us from some things, and it's time to be untied and walk away from them. You're calling us to some new places. It's going to require us to go to some new areas and to do some new things that we haven't done before. I pray we'd be willing to do that, that we'd be the church who walks in, who the church who walks under your reign, the church who makes a difference, the church who rises up, the church who leads the way because you're doing something new. And I pray we would be those people. I thank you for Vertical Church and what you have done in this time in us. You've stirred us, you're moving us, you're calling us, you're drawing us, and we'll be faithful to keep walking with you, keep moving with you, and see the new thing that you are doing. We give you all praise today. We shout Hosanna to you, our King, and we pray in Jesus' name, amen, amen. So this week uh, is an exciting week. It's the, the Passion Week. Today, Palm Sunday, I'd encourage you to keep up with us online because we have some other events that are going to be happening this week. We're going to have a good Friday worship experience, Friday night, 30 minutes of worship led by Caleb, a 20-minute message that I'll bring, and then a 10-minute downloadable activity for you and your family to participate in to make the most of Good Friday. And then we're looking forward to next Sunday, Resurrection Sunday, as we celebrate the victory of Christ over the grave, over sin, over death. And we know again what it means to know this story and say with confidence, this, this is my story. So follow us this week. We look forward to seeing you again. Blessings to you. Lift him up and lift him out. Blessings. Blessings.